Martin! Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Hello, welcome to Jobber Talk. I'm Martin and we're here to review MWF7 Kasaysayan, which happened at Mandala Park in the beautiful, beautiful city of Mandaluyong. And it was so near, I was so happy. And guess what? The show was free. And apparently the next one for MWF, MWF8, will also be free of charge. So let's start off with the first match, the factory match. Uh, the MWF's, um, how do you call this, performance center-like thing. Where they have trainees and stuff. The first match featured black t-shirt guy with a black Zilla shirt versus the blue guy, the tall blue dude. And uh, the blue dude was very much in charge after the exchange of holds. He delivered the La Blue Elbow. Yeah, we'll call it the La Blue Elbow. Uh, Stinger Splash on his opponent with a black Zilla shirt on the corner, but he misses the second splash on the corner. The ending sequence was a bit weird because the black Zilla shirt dude no-sold the good dropkick by Blue Boy. Then black Zilla shirt guy delivered a huge suplex to win the match and get the first fall for MWF7. Now some notes. It's gonna be apparent for you and, and the rest here. You know, the factory matches, this one and the next one will feature people with no names. Now, it would be cool and all to say, well, they're still trainees, that's why they don't have specific names yet. I don't see the reason why the people in the MWF factory have to be nameless and faceless. Get get that Fozzie references? Huh? Nameless, faceless. So yeah, let's go on to the second match. One of the main matches, it's Kyle Season versus Fabio Makisig. It's pretty nice to see this. It's like a callback to their first match back in 2017 back at MCS when Fabio Makisig issued an open challenge and a Kyle Season, or we mistakenly called him Kyle Poe, was the guy who challenged him. And both guys had a pre-match um, promo, which was a-okay in shiz, but... I was just glad they got to the fighting. It was a pretty nice match. And in the end, out of nowhere, Kyle Season with a huge upset and forced Fabio Makisig to tap out with that submission move at the end of the match. But during the whole match, it was like Kyle trying to back off of Fabio as, you know, he didn't want any piece of Fabio Makisig. But eventually, he does because he won that via submission but before he did the submission armbar thing he did deliver a low blow to fabio but in fairness to fabio he did give kyle his props even though this would be his second straight loss his first loss was to robin sane during the finals of the mwf title match now before fabio could finish his sentences Rex Lawin attacks him from behind, and it was a one-on-one -on -one assault before, you know, 
Kyle Season helps him out and Fabio fights back. A double arm bar was locked in on Rex Lowen and that's when another set of people entered ringside. It's Frankie 13, Morgan Vaughn and Ashura with a milk tea. And they are known as the Youngblood. Fabio and Kyle exit ringside and uh, let's just say it was a three-on-one assault now on Rex Lowen. Rex Lowen was even given a promo by Frankie 13 like Rex we will screw you over and over and man it was very very brutal because they assaulted him with a Singapore cane as well as mini clamping Rex Lowen on the nipples that was a bit cringy and scary man that ain't a very nice feeling on your nipple. So I very, very much felt bad for Mr. Danger Rex Lowen. Oh, by the way, after this, the young blood left ringside as well. And before that, it was Fabio and Kyle who left ringside. Now, after that segment, we have a video segment where the young blood were backstage and Tristan Creed wanted to talk to them, but they left without saying anything. And we have a product placement. Well, as Ashura puts some cream silk on the head of Tristan Creed. And by now, I'm pretty sure that Tristan Creed has some hair right now. Now, after that, we get another promo time in the ring. And it's Mr. Lutza. And he did say that last year he defeated JDL. He was very formidable. But now he, he's pretty much disappointed with the way he's being booked at this show. Because of all people, of all people in MWF, it would be his pinsan, his cousin, Lucha Donna, who will be facing him tonight. He tells everyone that his cousin thinks that wrestling is fun, but he's out to prove her wrong. Because he is miserable here in the MWF. He is not being respected enough. He gets a lot of shit. And before he can continue his tirade on the mic, our boy, our future commissioner, Gus Queens enters, hands everyone an envelope. I even got that envelope. Thank you, Coach Gus. I got to use that money for my medication. He hands him an envelope and invites him to vote for him. And when he opened it, wow, it's a 1,000 peso bill. Lucia said, you can do whatever you want, but you will not buy my principles with this money. Lucia walks out on Gus. And the uh, next segment was supposed to be the match of Ninja Ryujin versus Mystery Man. The Mystery Man apparently was Blackzilla. That's what Mike Shannon announced. But both men can't make it due to personal reasons. And... One of the personal reason was Blackzilla's reason was the passing of his wife a few days back. So we'd like to give out our condolences to Chilly Willy, aka Blackzilla, on the passing of his wife. And instead now, since both men are gone for MWF7, we have this factory match again. This is actually one of my favorite factory matches, like red shirt versus white shirt. Uh, I gotta tell you that this guy in red really reminded me of Kali Nueva. Like, this messy hair version of Kali Nueva. It looks like the Kuya of Kali Nueva, so I called him Kali's Kuya. A pretty good match by both men. And uh, 
the end saw a missed splash on the corner and uh, Cali Nuevas Cuya rolls him up for the three. He pulled his tights, by the way. So he got that win. That, that was very nice, man. So good job on you, Cali Cuya, for the win. I really, again, hope that these guys from the factory, regardless of the fact that they're graduated or not, I hope next time they at least get names because it's hard to talk about or it's hard to write about nameless and not so faceless people in this sort of event okay but enough about me you know ragging on my personal uh, misgivings about certain things about that show and it's going to one of my favorite videos it's a video featuring this guy i keep forgetting guy in glasses i think he's like the vlogger guy yeah vlogger guy he's in this empty abandoned calle and man i thought the guy who was f tailing him who grabbed him was fabio and he was gonna mug him for money again but apparently it's someone else someone very familiar now after the video ends we see barangay 69 cantotino street and then we get this video package that Kanto Kilabo Terror will be debuting in MWF soon. And I am so hyped. Uh, one of my favorite guys uh, in the Philippine wrestling scene, Kanto Terror, is coming back, guys. Yeah. And speaking of my favorite guys, uh, the House of Liwanag, Jomar Liwanag and Moises Liwanag are going to face the young blood of Frankie 13 and Morgan Vaughn. But before that, Liwanag... Tells us that they endorse Gus Queens for MWF Commissioner. That's good. That's very good. And uh, Frankie and the rest of the young bloods enter. And he reminds Moises that the last time they fought, it took him a year to get back. He adds that, you're not welcome here. The new cult is here. The young blood is here. And the match started with all four men brawling in the ring. But Frankie 13 is tossed out. The Liwanag, the Liwanag people, two-on-ones, Morgan Vaughn a bit before Frankie re-enters and flies off to attack them. There's a stereo 619 on both Moises and on Jomar on opposite ends of the ring by Morgan and Frankie. Double splash on Liwanag. But Moises Liwanag fights back and pummels Frankie 13. Frankie 13 with a sling blade out of nowhere. But this is a fairly even match and fairly even chanting where there's a Liwanag chant and Youngblood's chant going on in the crowd. For most of the match, we get Jomar getting isolated by the Youngbloods. Frankie delivering an Enzugiri to Jomar after Jomar tried to make a comeback. Moises chases Frankie 13 out of the ring. There's a uh, amazing maneuver on Jomar by Morgan Vaughn. And Jomar kicks out at two. Spinning heel kick by Jomar on Morgan Vaughn. Hot tag to Moises Liwanag. He slams Morgan Vaughn for two. Liwanag cutter on Morgan, but Frankie 13 breaks the pin. Frankie 13 flies off on Moises Liwanag. And then it was just Morgan Vaughn and Jomar in the ring. There's this weird lull where it seems like Morgan Vaughn was about to charge at Jomar from the corner, but he kept hesitating, like, wait, wait, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? Like, Jomar's looking 
hey, hey is he gonna do it? Am I gonna dodge? Am I gonna do it? Uh, what's what's going on? After a minute, before Morgan could charge, there was Moises Lee Wanag, man, who tried to uh, trip him, but didn't work. So he charged that Jomar anyway, and Jomar with a spine buster and a package pile driver, and both men are down. Out of nowhere, we see Gig Striker attacking Moises Liwanag, and with Brother Jomar all alone in the ring. Frankie and Morgan finish him off and get the pinfall victory. After the match, Jomar Liwanag gets assaulted by Gig Striker as well. Moises Liwanag re-enters the ring, attacks Giggs. He admits to Giggs that they don't have RG with them. And they actually thought that he's dead. Gig Striker, that is. Now, is he ready to leave this world? The Liwanag's double team on Gig Striker. And Jomar Liwanag assists Moises in breaking the back of Gig Striker with that huge backbreaker by Moises Liwanag. Afterwards, we... Ironically, see a Gig Striker trailer for the next series of his videos. Talk about. Okay. I hope he's not injured after that. Next segment, we got Robin saying he says that he's excited to be here at MWF, but guess who's here, man? Our boy Gus Queens enters once again. He wants to give him some campaign materials, but at the same time, he tells everyone that. There will be no MWF without Gus Queens. Robin Sane retorts that, We only have one thing to say to you, man. Tara, let's go. William Elvin goes to the ringside and tells Gus to run backstage. We have a video segment backstage where Rex says that no matter how hurt he is, he will continue his main event match. Gus Queens enters and tries to talk to Sane, and he sees Mike Shannon there too, who's trying to convince Rex to take a rest. Gus and Mike go at it, with Mike Shannon inviting him to go to ringside. He tells Gus that, You claim that MWF is the house that you built, but let's be real. None of us would be here if I did not stand up for my principles four years ago. So I'm calling you out, Gus. And Gus said, You know what, Mike? It's unfair you talk to me like this. Alam nyo ba, ever since I met Mike Shannon, they asked for my help to build MWF. You took things away from me that I deserve. And yeah, they actually go on and talk about the Gus Wrestlefest with Mike Shannon saying that no one got paid. Just like how much I didn't get paid on MCS either. And they just had enough to pay everything. So basically this segment had a bit of a shoot in it. Because not only were they talking about Gus's claims back at Kayfabe Cafe where no one got paid during the MCS days of MWF and I think this proves it and then the issue of payments in the Gus Global WrestleFest last month about talent pay but as far as from how we heard it everyone got paid at the Gus Fest though some were paid on the night itself and some were paid like days or weeks after but 
eventually they got paid i guess that that's all we know from sources aka people who were sitting very near to us and who were part of the gus wrestle fest but let's go back to the segment because the last part was rather very polarizing for me because gus said to mike by the way how can he be sure when he ain't even sure about himself? He was implying about Mike Shannon's gender or sexuality. And that was a bit low for me. So much that a friend of Mike Shannon, Mr. Lutza, came out of the ringside area to chase down Gus. And that said, it'll be Mr. Lucha versus Lucha Donna. Now, this match gave a very interesting story of... Mr. Lucha convincing Lucha Donna that this ain't all fun and games. Lucha Donna tried to strike Lucha a lot, but he could not be phased. I mean, for the majority of the match, it was her delivering some forearm strikes or kicks, but Lucha was like, uh, yeah, that's no. Yeah, no, that's not working, man. <laughs> Lucha Donna slaps him eventually, and Mr. Lucha tosses her down to the mat. After a few more no-sells of her strikes, Lucha is down actually with a drop toehold. Lucha flapjacks Lucha Donna. Tornado DDT by Lucha Donna. But Lucha fights back and eventually gets the match with a huge choke slam and a pinfall to Lucha Donna. Now while the message or the story was loud and clear, on the Lucha Donna and Mr. Lucha match. I would have preferred it to be a bit shorter this time, but because it was just well, kind of killed the momentum going into the main event. However, props to them telling the story because we got, well, I got the message of the whole thing. Now let's go to the main event. And before that, our boy Gus Queens enters and tells everyone that he will not allow Rex Lowen to fight now because he's not yet at 100%. However, Rex Lowen enters the ringside and says he'll fight Robin Sane. So don't you dare stop me. So the main event happens. A nice enzugiri by Robin Sane. Lowen with a suplex and hard chops on the corner to the MWF champion. Lowen's a suplex machine with an overhead belly-to-belly -belly on Robin Sane. He catches Robin Sane, delivers a fallaway slam for a two-count vertical suplex again on Robin Sane, but only gets a two. Robin Sane fights back with a sling blade and an amazing dive from the ropes to the outside of Rex Lowen. And this is where the main event becomes a bit uncomfortable. And a bit scary for most of us. Because afterwards, we get that huge powerbomb by Rex Lowen on Robin Sane on the apron. And the back of Robin Sane's head started to bleed. Now, people were already approaching Robin Sane asking him, Hey, are, are we going to stop the match? Should we stop the match? Restart the match or something? But eventually, Robin Sane gets to his feet, grabs the mic after he talks to MWF senior analyst Tarek El Taek, who is also... Works as the president here, as we noted on the write-up he did recently at MWFinsiderblog.com. So the decision was, yes, Robin Sane 
will continue to fight Rex Lawin in this main event. Now, that was a bit uncomfortable to some of the audience members as some of them had to walk out before the match, you know, ended. Because, come on, guy bleeding, it's a bit of a sore sight to some people. I have friends who are very susceptible, very uncomfortable when it comes to blood. Like, they can't even have their blood get drawn out by freaking needles for a annual medical exam. That It's that bad. So... I can understand why some people wouldn't want to watch a match like that. And yeah, it also goes to show that, yeah, sure, I'd like to watch this match, but now I'm more concerned about Robin saying the person, Robin saying the friend, the father, the husband, more than Robin saying the MWF champion and the pro wrestler. That That's where the lines were blurred. To some of the audience members but you know just like Robin saying we soldiered on we soldiered on to watch this main event and uh, the almost he narrowly escaped a Rex trigger but instead of a Rex trigger he gets kicked in the face as well Robin saying that is Robin saying with a shoulder up by two and a spinning head scissors into an arm bar by Robin saying but Rex escapes and delivers a senton a roll-up by Robin Sane only hits a two-count. A 619 delivered after a Hurricane Rana by Robin Sane. And while Rex Lavin was down, Robin Sane willed himself to climb up the corner and deliver a 450 stomp on the arm of Rex Lavin. And man, that looked painful. I, I, I saw it landed like, oh man, I think he might have broken Rex's arm in half. Or snapped it at least. The ref stops the match, but no, Robin Sane got mad and attacks the ref and other people. Robin Sane tries to attack again, but he delivers. Well, he gets. Robin Sane tries to attack, but he gets hit by a Rex trigger. One, two, but Robin Sane raises his shoulder up by two and he switches into an arm bar, the same arm that he just delivered a 450 stomp on. Now, while Rex Lawin was not tapping out, dude, Gus Queens threw his necktie, threw his towel, and Robin Sane retains due to corner stoppage. After the match, Robin Sane tells Lawin that it was a good match, but next month, MWF8, it'll be you and me in the Manila Rules match. Now, before Rex could leave ringside, Gus was trying to apologize to him, but no. Rex wouldn't have it. He attacks Gus and delivers the Rex trigger on Gus Queens to end the show. And the credits rolled. All in all, it was nice to have a free show at MWF 7 because I signed. But yeah, a couple of notes. Like I said, hopefully the graduates or the factory people will get their names in the next show. I can't wait to see Canto Terror soon. And uh, yeah, before the main event and, you know, before the main event happened, I, I'm sorry, but they did announce MWF 8. It'll be happening next month, May 18th. And we will have Tajiri on that show. That's a huge get by MWF, man. Former WWE Cruiserweight Champion, former ECW Talent. 
He'll be back after five years of not being here in the Philippines since Josie Jam 2014. So I can't wait to see that. And then the second thing, yeah, was the main event. Like, uh, that was a bit hard to watch. We're all being worried about Robin Sane with his bloody, you know, head during the main event. Uh, hopefully, Robin Sane's well recovered now and both men will be at 100% for MWF 8 for that Manila Rules match. All in all, thank you, MWF, for being back. And I can't wait to see your show. And I can't wait to see PWR show as well next month, which will actually be Revo X 2019. Now, if anyone wants to ask me if I'll be at the next PWR show, I'm sorry I can't make it. Hey guys, Tito Titi here. And. Oh, no, no, no! Si Martin? Mar- Martin is not come to PWR Destino again? He's g- gonna miss out another show? Ugh. That's really, really bad. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tito Titi. I really can't make it. And that's really bad, yeah. And yeah, um, I'd like to hotlink or link the article of Tarek El Tayek on his apology and his view on what happened during the Robin Sane Rex Lowen match and why he chose to let the match continue on his call and Robin Sane's call. One interesting part of the article is something I'd like to read out here. The only thing I ask is all those who are vocal in their disappointment in us regarding this incident be as vocal when other similar incidents occur in local or Southeast Asia pro wrestling scene. Our local scene alone has seen many incidents that should not be forgotten. I only ask that these fans are as vocal with those entities in expressing their dismay at that particular entity's errors in judgment. We would never look to sweep an incident as significant as this under the rug. We will always be honest with you, mga kapafeds, when faults of this magnitudes are made. We genuinely hope that all those affected will forgive us in time. Just want to point out that's a very interesting part of the article. So we got your message loud and clear, Tarek. We will try to be. Uh, that said, let's move on to another part of that same day. It was actually the debut of Ralph Imabayashi and got to move. He had a nearly six-minute match, a 6-1-9, get it? A six-minute and 19-second match and his got to move debut in a losing effort against uh, Tetsuya Izuchi. I'm not so good at the pronunciation. It's Tetsuya Izuchi, who has yes, who has wrestled in Gato Move and other wrestling promotions such as Pro Wrestling Heat Up and World Woman Pro Wrestling Diana. So yeah, congrats again to PWR champion Ralph Imabayashi on his very first Japanese match. And May I wish that he has more future matches abroad as time goes on. And aside from that news and anything else, yeah, please do check out PWR's next show. It's PWR Live Destino, April 28, 2 p.m. at the Pyramax Center Spotlight at Circuit Makati. And you can check out Jobber Talk on the Facebook. That's facebook.com slash jobbertalk.com. 
And please don't forget to help the site unsuck by being a monthly patron. That's patreon.com slash 14. We also have a Twitter that's at CH14, all letters, no numbers. Check out other shows like Third World Gaming featuring Critical Index, featuring myself and Ren on the last episode. Also check out Third World Linux with Jawan AG. We also got Bodega Nights and a very, very famous Radio Norm featuring Norm. And that's it, guys. We'll see you on the next episode of Jobber Talk. Goodbye.